0: Okay, Shana Tova. Today's daf is, uh, um, is Kiddush and Lamed Vav, 36. We pick up at the very bottom of Lamed Hei and And we are dealing with the uh, issue about uh, the scope of mitzvot that apply to women and that apply to men, and that all negative prohibitions apply to equally to both, with the exception of uh, uh, the shaving of the forelocks, or the cutting of the forelocks and the shaving of the beard and uh, the mitzvah of Tuma for Kohanim, and um, now we're also dealing with the position that, uh, it, that, that uh, about the question about this prohibition of making a bald spot in your head, which according to one tana also does not apply to women. So the Gemara picks up here at the bottom of lamad Hamad Bet, and it says the following. Um, the amo, two lines from the bottom. And maybe if we're going to read, according to that Tana, the exclusion of a bald spot for, um, what do you call it, for Isi, um, uh, we're going to say that um, that the... um, that appears right before making a bald spot or a laceration, is and we apply it only to to the bald spot part of the pasuk. Maybe that also applies to laceration. And the end of the verse which E.C. learned to include um, women in the prohibition of laceration. Maybe that's not talking about but it's talking about sweeta. Now sweeta is also um, a issue of a laceration in the flesh, but Rashi says, and it's not even in that puzzle, but Rashi says that would have applied to, let's say, a laceration with the hand and not with a uh, actual implement. That was actually like a knife. Um, so, maybe we should just say that women are excluded from both because both are in the Pasuk. Because Srita Achasi, no, he can't, because the, although another Pasuk talks about a prohibition of Srita, um, um, that is not really any different than Gedida. So, therefore, since Am Kadosh is coming to include women, it's coming to include them on Gedida slash Srita. And women are excluded from the prohibition of a bald spot by, uh, on their head. Okay, Abaye Amar, top of Rami. Abaye Amar, how many times did We see the Aaron. He's learning it out from B'nai Aaron because by there's also by B'nai Aaron where it says lo yikachu lo We mentioned this before, right? So the same prohibition that applies to Yisrael is says also by the b'nei Aaron, and we normally don't learn that to be a special prohibition of B'nai Aaron, but we actually link to to give us some of the parameters of what are those prohibitions of uh, making bald spots and um and and so on, um, and, and shaving. So here he's going to say, well, because it says B'nai there, it's banim and not not limited to B'nai but it is meant to exclude women. Uhnearon. Malahallon Nashimpitu wrote, the same way there it says Bine Aharon, and it means only as it always does when Bine Aaron, only the male. Avkan Nashimpatu wrote so women are excluded from the prohibition of a bald spot. So, so the east says one minute. Like before we had the whole discussion of Bne Aaron and Apenos Aharon by the idea of the shaving and of the side locks, okay, and of the the sideburns. Um, but here, if we're going to say that the B'nai Avon, the, the assumption here is applies later in, you know, in the other part of the Pasuk, applies also to the bald spot. So if that's true, then why do I need to do it through a shava? Right? Meaning, the reason we don't take this approach of Yisi is because we assume Bnei Aron and Napanoz Aharon is limited to the issue about the beard and the sideburns. But if Yisi is applying the Bnei Aron and Napanoz Aharon to the issue of the broad spot, he doesn't need a Gzei Roshav of Karcha Karcha. He could just say, if that's true by female Kohanim, it should be true by all females. Okay? Uh, why, doesn't it, why isn't it just silent? for I mean, I would say, when it comes to Kohanim, that they have a lot of extra vote. nevertheless, this issue of the uh, bald spot is limited to the men and not to the women. So if even women Kohanim are excluded, uh, and certainly when it comes to non-Kohanim, women should be excluded. So basically, okay, I accept you're learning it from Bnei Aron and Napanos Aron, but why did you need a Gzaira Shavah? So Humer says like this, You love Gzaira Shavah, I mean a Hipsychee in the Yon. No. The one for Gezer Shav, I would have said that there's an interruption in the Psukim when it says Bnei Aron before it gets to this issue of Gedida, and therefore you would not have applied the limit of Bnei Aron and not to Gedida. But once it's Gezer Shav, the Gezer Shav says you there's something to learn from here, and if there's something to learn from, well, what is there to learn from the Easter, from the prohibition of Gedida by Bnei Aron? It must be what we're learning is the limitation of oh, not Gedida. Excuse me, Karcha. Okay, but anyway, both are in the same pasuk. But when it's has been Karcha Excuse me, by Bnei Aron, so loyikhu karkhaber osham. Apologies, by Yisrael. Okay. Anyway, so if when it gets to loyikhu karkhaber osham by Bnei Aaron, it, by, by the case of the Kohanim, there's an there's an interruption between when it first introduces Bnei Aaron and it gets to the prohibition of karkha and therefore I can't, I would not normally have applied Bnei Aron and Apanosa to Karcha, but once there's a Gzei shava, then I say, well, why, what's the purpose of the Gzei shava to apply Karcha from Bnei Aron to Israel? It must be teaching me something. What else could it be teaching me? It must be to teach me the limitation of men and not women. Okay, so therefore, because there's an interruption, I would not naturally have applied the limitation, but the Gzei shava tells me there's got to be something to learn, and therefore it's limited to Bnei Aron and Apenos. Aaron. Okay. Um, so, so what? So now that there is a Shavah, we should say there's an interruption and don't apply the limitation to women. Ah, what's the Gzair teaching me? We need like we in the Baisa. Since it says I would have just I, I would have thought that maybe you know there's it doesn't count by the number of lacerations you you did you lacerated the, the number doesn't matter and it's all one prohibition. lomar karcha a laceration in the singular. al on each one. So karcha b'rosham by the Kohanim is coming to teach me on each one. That's what Exer is teaching me and that's going to teach me that. Excuse me, I did it wrong again. Karcha is the bald spot, not the laceration. I apologize. Anyway. Okay, so I would have thought that for that even multiple bald spots would only be one prohibition. So, lo yikuchu Karcha is coming to tell me that for every single bald spot. Okay? Why does it say Sham by the kohanim? Here's the lacerations, finally. Do not make a laceration and do not put a bald spot between your eyes for a dead. That's by the Israel. That's not by kohanim. And again, we're going to make exeroshav and equate them. So, I would have thought um, I would have thought that it's only on a bald spot between the eyes how do you know that it's a prohibition of a bald spot on the whole head on their head that makes everything is equal the whole head equal to between the eyes okay um, if you make a bald spot over a dead now that idea that it applies to the whole head and it applies for every single single bald spot, maybe that's only by the Kohanim, right? That's how the Pesach by the Kohanim is broader than the Pesach by Yisrael. It says Karcha, any bald spot, it says Birosham. So maybe it's only by Kohanim that there are a lot of mitzvos. Yisrael Minolan, how do I know it applies to Yisrael? That's what the K'zaira shav is doing you to tell you that also for Yisrael, it's true your chayv on every single bald spot and you chayev on the entire head, and now we're going to though apply one limitation from Yisrael that applies also to Kohanim, Malal and Al It says by Israel it says Lotis karcha la So the same way, you only chayev on a bald spot that's done over grieving over a dead person. Av khan Al here too for a dead. So we learned a lot from the Gezeira of Karcha Karcha from Kohanim to Yisrael. We learned that it's that both that. Just by Koranim it's every bald spot and it's on the whole head. By Yisrael also it's any bald spot and it's on the whole head. And just by Yisrael it's a vermez. By Koranim also it's a mace. So the Gzei Shaver teaches us a lot and it is not a basis to assume that we are, that because there's a Gzei Roshavah we're forced to say there's something else to learn out here and it's only men and not women. So how do you, Rabbi, explain why we're learning out men and not women? Okay. Um, so the Gemara says, krak <laughs> Or karach, my karcha shmas tarki. The extra hey of karcha. It's funny because hey is can often be a feminine, but anyway, it's telling me that there's like. A, and Rashi says it says karcha, karcha in both places, and it's sort of a karach or kerech by both places. Karach, I guess it would have been. Anyway, that tells me there's like a second kazer shava. And the second gzair is There's even yet another thing to learn, and that tells me to apply the limitation of bnei Aaron and not bnos Aaron. Okay, that's EC's opinion that the bald spot prohibition only applies to men. Rava Amar Hainu time of the EC, Rava says here's the reason of IC. Diolif bnei mit mitfilin. Ah, because it says bnei nechem by the by the um, by the Israel. We saw that, even though we apply to the whole head, but it says bnei nechem and also bnei nechem by tfillin. So ma lahala nachim bitoras So we know Tfilin, are, women are exempt from. Tfilin, oh, so they're also exempt from the bald spot prohibition. Why did he not say like a He doesn't buy that the that it could have said kerach and it says Karcha, that's like a second Gezei shavan. He's still stuck on the idea that like, Bnei and you would not have said it because there's a distance from that those words to when the pusuk finally gets to talking about the bald spot. Why did he not say like Rava? He'll tell you, Tfilin Gufayu that because fill in, we are learning from the basic idea that fill in, when it says Bane and it doesn't apply to literally between the eyes, but it applies to the head part where there's hair, and that's opposite the space between the eyes. That you learn out from the link to the what do you call it? To um to to the uh to um uh, 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 to, to, to the bald spot between the eyes. Malahalamakam shows him karcha, the same way when it says don't make a bald spot between the eyes. It's obviously not talking about literally between the eyes. It means where the hair grows on the height of your head, you know, uh, above your forehead. That's where it's talking about because that's where you could make a bald spot. Here, too, it is talking about tefillin. That's where you put the tefillin. And since that's the purpose of the shava to tell you, you know, the specifics of what the word Beninayim means, now why don't you make shava learn both things, ask that, but they say, you know, it's not going to shift gears and going from uh, focusing on the meaning of the word Beninayim to now teach you some totally that women are excluded. Okay. Since Abai and Rava both say don't learn it out from you know um, um, from the posik of matem chem, They learn out from Kohanim, or they learn it out from um, from uh, what do you call it, from Nayim, from Tfillin. So what do they do why does the Pasuk have to at the end where it says not to make a bald spot or a laceration have to say um you know actually what do they do at the beginning of the Pasuk that says banim since they're not learning it about banim and not panos. When you act like children, I guess you don't go ahead and do these idolatrous rituals, then you are considered to be children to God. Um, Because, you know, making the lacerations and the bald spot is most clearly uh, simply understood, you know, could just be excessive grief. Um, But anyway, but also very much understood, it could be in the context of pagan rituals. Then you're called Banim. Um... uh, uh, that's what Rabbi Huda says. Okay, that when you act like children you're called children. Rabbi Meir has a much more compassionate read, very appropriate for this time of year. Rabbi Meir Omer Either way you're called Banim. They're foolish children. But they're still children. Banim Children without they cannot be trusted. Uh, um, tr- no trustworthiness. Bam Banim an evil seed, children that do act corruptly. But they're still children. The Omer, you're my children. It might be bad, but you're still my children, says God. Instead of saying that you are my nation, you'll say, says you're not my nation, you'll say to you, You are the children of the living God. My va'omer, what's the addition? Why always quoting episode Okay, foolish. When we act foolishly, we're still children, but when we ask without trust trustworthiness, Lo Bunny, we wouldn't be called children, Tashma Lo fine we called children didn't even when we act without trustworthiness but when we worship god won't call us children children who deal corruptly and corruptly like is our zarah fine corrupt children but we'll never again be called um, you know you know uh, 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 worthy children I know, eventually, we're always God's children. Eventually, we will even be recognized as God's, you know. You know, when we do tshuva, even all those other modifiers will, be, will fall off and will just be, you know, God's uh, uh, um, 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 children without modifiers, you know, ideal children. Okay. Fine. So that is the issue about women's uh, exemption from Mitzvah Saseh Shazman Grama and women's obligation in negative mitzvah with one or two or three exceptions. Okay, next Mishnah. Hasmichot So this is now acts, not of, particularly relating to korban that women are excluded. The first two relate to the owners. Doing smichan a korban is what an owner does. And waving a korban, okay, women are excluded from that. We're going to say this is only men. And now we're going to the acts of the kohanim, and now it's really just male kohanim are the only ones who the kohanim would do the service, not females killed, born to kohanim. So now women are going to be excluded from all these kohanim acts of service. Okay, hagashot, putting the mincha against the corner of the altar, Vakmitzos taking the hand breath, vakhtarot, burning it up on the altar, vamalikos, uh, doing, you know, uh, slaughtering the bird with the fingernail, vakabalot, taxing the blood and conveying it, as we'll see, and sprinkling the blood and throwing it on the altar. All that is men and not women, whether the women are the, are the offerers in the first two cases there, about the smicha and the tnufa, or whether, we're talking, I mean, the one bringing the korban, or whether we're talking about the kohanim. The exception is the mincha that is brought by a sota and a woman who is a nizira. Okay, those are two minchas that are brought by women, the nizira, not uniquely a woman. I mean, otherwise nausea, but it's not a unique sacrifice for her as a woman, and um, and those, they would do a waving. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Smichos to daber Speak to the children of Israel. and you should put your hand on Only b'nei Yisrael and not b'neios Yisrael. There's actually a whole debate whether it's for b'neos Yisrael to do smicha. Very important debate um, that has other implications about you know women's uh, participation in mitzvahs that they're um, excluded from. Um, and uh, it's interesting Tosus raises the whole issue here about mitzvahs as Although we're not talking about doing these things like to get a like to get credit for doing a mitzvah, we're talking. About it as what are the details in which a Corban is brought. You know, Ramban also asks that what, every time it says Bnei Israel, we're going to exclude women? I mean Bnei Israel says it all over the all over the place. But for whatever reason, that's what Chazal understands here, that it's Bnei Israel and not Benoit Israel. To Nufos, the waving. Deber Bon Israel veheinif similar. Speak to the the sons of Israel, they should wave. Bene Sobenef and Vem Benoit only the sons, not the daughters. Okay. Um, touching it to the altar bring it to the corner of the altar bring it to the corner of the altar the sons of Aaron okay. the taking of the hand the, kamats, the son of Aaron the son of Aaron the burning they shall offer it up and the, uh, to burn on the altar not the daughters the cutting of the neck of the bird Malak he shall uh, cut it and it shall off, burn it up on the altar. The So the same way the we just said was and Napanos. The Malika also is um, also says hakohenu Malak, which is interesting, which is how the mar learns out that the coin uses his very fingernail, so interesting, it doesn't learn it from that. But anyway, okay, it's only the sons and not the daughters. Hakabalok, uh the blood, they shall offer up the blood. The kri'vu kabal zadam, thats casting the blood—and it's also conveying it to the altar. The haza'ot, sprinkling hazas dehecha. Now, it could have said zrika—the throwing of the blood—that's the normal way the blood is put on the altar. Hazaa is normally not the word. Sprinkling is not normally the what you do with the blood, except for certain cases. So um, once we're going to say it applies to the sprinkling, the blood applies to the throwing as well. But it's interesting; the Gemara focuses on the word hazaa. So hazad the either para if it's the sprinkling of the ashes of the paraduma elazer It says elazer. Okay. Um, so and even though we might we possibly don't need a kohen gadol, but the fact that it starts with koin gadol, we have to include other kohanim. Means obviously women are excluded. All right, so maybe it's too obvious to have mentioned. If it is, you know, the sprinkling on the Mizbech HaZahav, it says the Kohen Gadol, and again, now on Yom Kippur that's limited to the Kohen Gadol, but anyway, even there's other sprinklings on the inside that's also, that, that, that isn't limited to a Kohen Gadol, but since it starts with a Kohen Gadol, obviously women are excluded hazad ben of. We're talking about the normal way in which the blood of a bird is put on the altar. The Torah uses the phrase that you should be mazes, sprinkle, rather than throw. There's not a lot of it. Okay. and here's why we're saying that he, that's not explicit. Um, and it's, but we learn it from a kavachomer from a normal sheep, and that's how we're going to exclude also a normal sheep here. Okay, or the normal throwing of the blood. Okay, mi ben son by a sheep, it doesn't have to be a Kohen that is actually uh, doing it, as I mentioned before. Um, Well, no. The, the, the bird has to be actually with body of the Kohen. But normal shrita, even of a korban, can be done by a non-Kohen, it can be done by a woman. So if that's true about normally about an, about a, like a sheep or a cow, kohen it still needs a Kohen to throw the blood. Ben-oh, because that's explicit in the Pasuk, and again, ben-aron, not ben-oh, when it comes to the actual, you know, slaughtering of the bird with the fingernail, the Kohen, you need a Kohen to do it itself, even the slaughtering of it. So en-odin so and that would also therefore limit a kohen to the sprinkling of the blood of the bird. Okay. Now the exceptions, Okay, I'm like Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe yoshiah The Dare. Rebbe Lezer said to Rebbe Yoshea of his generation, there was an older Rebbe Yoshea. Yeah. Don't sit on your legs. Don't sit down. Until you explain to me, you know this, uh, you, you, you this, the, the, you know this discussion. How do you know that a sota that you wave it, okay, and the sota herself waves it, okay? Minala, minala. Where do you get it from? What do you mean it's in the pasuk? you wave the mincha, no. She said Yes, I know that it says the coin waves it, but how do you know the owner and therefore the woman waves it as well? Okay. Asya yad mi You learn it from Shlomim The coin should take from the hand of the woman, the shlomim, after, after uh, the 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 the, the, the mincha sota you know he should take it from the hand of the woman and he should wave it. So it sounds like that the coin is waving it after he takes it from the woman. but it says by Yadav to Vienna, his hands should bring it. And by shlomim it says that the owner waves it, ma Now. We learn in both directions by the sota. It's clear that the kohen waves it. It says he takes it from the hand of the woman and he waves it. So that teaches me by a shlomim, not only the owner waves it, but the owner and the, but the kohen waves it as well. And then in the reverse, okay. Ma'akav la'mkohen malahalam um, in the same way by sota the uh, actually and the same way by shlomim, it says that the owner waves it by b'alim, here too the owner waves it. So by Shlomim it says the owner waves it, by sota it says the Kohen waves it. The fact that both of them say Yad, the hand, we learn out that both by a Shlomim and by a sota, both the Kohen and the owner waves it, and therefore by the sota the woman waves it. Ahak-Kezad, how do you make this work? Kohen machnis, yad by yad if the coin puts his hands under the hands of the owner and they wave it, okay, so, now by the way, Tosu says, does it mean that the hands are touching one another and then that he's not concerned about Nagi but he's concerned about the, would that be a hefzik for holding on to the vessel itself or does underneath mean that the owner holds it towards the lip and the coin holds it towards the base. Two ways of understanding that. Okay. Ashkan soda that soda nazira minolan. How do you know about a nazira? That the same is true that she waves it. Asya kaf kaf mi soda, because it says kaf the hand and, and makes it Shova, so there too she wa- the owner waves it and she waves it. And we will end with this today.